Hey, Josh Felber here from Making Bank. Super excited for today's guest. You're going to learn some amazing things. If you keep hearing this NFT word, what is an NFT? <laughs> what do I do? I, I, my kids are talking about NFTs. Sean Kelly, today's guest, he's going to dive in, really break it all down for you so you understand what an NFT is, how it can apply to you, how it can affect, how it can help your business, as well as if you're looking to make some risky investment stuff, that's a possible opportunity as well. We don't provide investment advice, but just let you know some people are doing that. So again, make sure you watch this episode if you're ready to learn about NFTs and figure out what to do and how you can be part of that game. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I'm Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. We connected a few years ago. Sean Kelly is the founder, and I'm going to chin, chin, chip, chiba dinos. Is that right? Chibi. Chibi dinos. There we go. An NFT collection that launched in August of last year. All uh, 10,000 PFPs sold out in 18 minutes, generating $2.4 in revenue. Sean is also the founder of NFT Gorillas, an NFT marketing agency, which just got acquired recently. So super excited to welcome Sean Kelly to Making Bank. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, thanks for sticking that uh, Chimba's Dinos thing in there. <laughs> of course. That's how my NFT journey got started. So that's awesome. What's so funny is like my kids have been watching like Gary Vee and things like that. And they're like, dad, we're making <laughs> NFTs and all this stuff. And you got to figure out how to put them online for us. I'm like, okay, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So maybe I'll ask you some questions about that today because they, they've been drawing <laughs> a bunch of different stuff and I got to figure out the plan now. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the reasons I started too. He's bringing all the normal people in the NFT space. <laughs> I know for sure. Tell us a little bit about how you got started on your on your entrepreneurial kind of journey when you got started. Um, just me knowing a little bit and us converse, conversating and um, w when we hung out and met several years back and stuff. It's it's always interesting and I always like to share that with people. So, yeah, I feel like I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit, even as a kid. I truly think like it's something you're born with. Um, so yeah, I did the typical stuff as a kid, you know, selling candy, shoveling driveways when it snowed, stuff like that, but really scaled it up in college when I got into e-commerce, started a company called Jersey Champs. And that's sort of how I made my first six figures was through dropshipping. And then once you have some capital, it's a lot easier to, to scale from there, as you know. And with the with the jerseys, you you guys were printing like because you guys had like some big name celebrities that were wearing your jersey and everything, right? Yeah. So I was I was a broke college kid. So one of the strategies I used was I would uh, like send the jerseys out to celebrities, just cold message them on Instagram, even cold email their managers, and try to get an address. And one out of every you know fifty or so would end up taking a photo and posting it, and that was enough to pay back for the fifty jerseys I sent out and more. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's cool. And then, so that, I mean, obviously you, that was a, that was a pretty cool tactic. What were some of the different ways that you've grown it? Cause I know just seeing you on social and some of the different things, I mean, I know you guys got it built to where 
you had a lot of people coming to you guys to figure out what you were doing and you did a lot of meetups and things like that. So what were kind of some of your insights and skills that you guys were able to do to really grow that business? Yeah, e-commerce, you got to adapt very quickly, similar to NFT market, actually. So uh, we caught Facebook ads right when they were popping off back in like 2017, I think, before the whole pixel update and everything. And we caught TikTok as that was coming up. So those influencers were dirt cheap. And I still think some of them are, but back then they were all super cheap. And, you know, they didn't really know their value at the time. Right. Uh, Off the top of my head, definitely that the celebrities, influencers opened a lot of doors because we could leverage uh, our relationship with them to get big deals with music festivals, stuff like that. And um, I think it's good social proof that you could use for your paid ads as well. Cool. And then obviously it looks like over the last couple of year, you know, year and a half or so, you guys have been in the diving into the NF, NFT space. What kind of shifted you from kind of focused on e-commerce over there? Yeah. So e-commerce, we got hit hard during COVID. Our margins went down a lot and they were already kind of slim, as you know, with, with physical clothing. It's not the highest because you have so much inventory. Right. Um, so I just saw Gary V. I I saw like a bunch of uh, like NBA Top Shot was popping up at the time. And I was like, what is this stuff? So I really dove in. It took me a few months to, to get it because I was really skeptical at, at first, as I'm sure a lot of people are with NFTs. Um, but then I just started aligning myself with the right people, like follow the top NFT accounts on Twitter, just started reading their tweets every night, um, really understood the space. And once you understand the space, it's a lot easier to, to then go launch your own project. Maybe for probably a good majority of the people watching that are not familiar with Gary Vee or the, or the NFT space, kind of give us a little insight, like what is an NFT? Like, like and kind of some background on this whole part of it. Yeah, people have different definitions. For me, it's just proof of ownership. So basically, if you own an NFT, it could be whatever, but you're basically proving to everyone that you own it and it's on the blockchain, you could verify it. So like there's a lot of issues with counterfeit materials like watches, clothing and stuff, but if you mm-hmm. own that NFT, you know, you can prove that you own it. So I think that's important because people always want to show off, flex to their friends and whatnot. So for me as a collector, because I was also big into sports cards, I kind of got it quicker than most people, I think. And then, yeah, that's sort of when I launched Chibi Dinos and we sold 10,000 of them um, at 0.06 Ethereum at the time. This was back when ETH was, I think, $4,000. So yeah, it ended up being $2.4 million. And so like what, I guess, what were you actually selling so people know? Because there's a lot of different stuff I've seen as NFTs from video, like little video snippets to static images to a handful of different stuff. So I guess what was this, what was the NFT dino collection? Yeah. Yeah. They've definitely been evolving. So at the time in August, uh, it was just basically, they call them PFPs, profile pictures, Okay. So mine, mine were dinosaurs wearing basketball jerseys that I integrated with Jersey Champs. Um, ah. And at the time, that's pretty much all you needed to do was make cool art. And if people liked it, they would get it. But now we're in this phase where people are like, what do I get for minting or buying this NFT? So they call it utility. So you need to provide as much utility as possible to have a successful NFT these days. So we've had to adapt and just add all sorts of utility to our profile picture. 
whether that's in-person meetups, we're launching a video game, we might do an animated series, uh, we work with NBA players, we have them come in the Discord, talk to everyone. We're always just trying to find creative ways and partnerships to uh, to reward our holders. And so the utilities then, that's the different extras, I guess, is what when they buy the actual image or video or whatever it might be, those are the extra things that they get along with that. Yeah. Yeah. So people these days when they're making a purchase or they call it minting, which is when you get a randomly assigned NFT when the project launches, they look for utility for the most part, because a lot of these guys are looking to make money. Uh, they're called flippers. So they'll purchase an NFT with the hopes of making, you know, two to 10 X on it. And if they see the project has a lot of utility, their odds of flipping that NFT go up. Gotcha. And you also founded the, the NFT, the gorillas. Yeah, so a month and, a, and 10 days after Chibi Dino's launch, every single day leading up to this, I was getting hit up to help market NFT projects. And I kept saying, no, 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 because I'm the type of guy that likes to focus on one business at a time. Sure. But then it got to the point where I was turning down millions of dollars. Like one of the projects wow. that still haunts me, I turned down, it's called NFT Worlds, which is like a top probably 25 project now. The floor is seven Ethereum each, which is like, I can't even comprehend how valuable that collection is, but I turned yeah. down being a partner of that project. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm leaving way too much on the table. So I hired a full team at Chibi Dinos. We got 22 people now full time. Wow. And then I started focusing on NFT gorillas. So is that, that's another project that you launched or is that your marketing agency? Yeah. So that's my marketing agency. It's like taboo okay. in the space to launch multiple projects under your name. People don't mm. like that. They want to see your focus on one project. Like Floyd Mayweather just launched like his second or third one and he was getting a lot of backlash. Gotcha. And wh I mean, why do you think that is? It's almost impossible to have like just multiple collections doing well, in my opinion. Okay. I don't think anyone's really done it. There might be a few, but in terms of celebrities, they don't really have the right teams and, and the time to to handle that, in my opinion. And so like, like you know, I know Gary Vee has his V Friends 1 and V Friends 2. Those still kind of fall under the same line. Is that kind of yeah, where yeah. he's... So, as long as it falls under the same brand, that's fine. I mean, in terms of projects. So if he launched a completely separate project. Gotcha. Okay. No, that makes sense. What are some of the big reasons? I mean, obviously I've seen people where they've bought NFT for eight grand and now it's worth 90, stuff like yeah. that, you know? And then was it, uh, somebody bought an NFT, it was like Elon Musk, somebody's tweet or something. And they thought it was going to be worth a lot, like millions of dollars. And it was only worth like 20 K or something like that down the road. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of seems like the wild West or is it kind of starting to really get some structure now? So yeah, you're talking about that one of one tweet. I'm not in the one of one NFT market because okay. I feel like that could be manipulated very easily. And sure. um, I'm more into the collection, the community market. So I'll only buy NFTs where there's a community involved, thousands of holders. And uh, like I just applied to one called Gents Croquet Club by Aman Godzi. And they had to video interview everyone just to wow. uh, even get accepted. So he's kind of starting like a Soho house vibe. And it's just a community of seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs that are looking to be part of like an NFT community basically and just provide value to each other.
So it's, that's sort of the stuff I like because when I buy NFTs, I don't care to flip them and make money. I think the real value is in the people you meet through them. Interesting. Where do you, I guess, right now with NFTs and then like, where do you see those progressing to out there? I mean, obviously there's a lot of people trying, only a handful are, you know, I guess making money, at least from what I've seen. What's kind of that next evolution with that? Um, and then we can talk maybe some strategies, what people are doing right and wrong and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think sticking with blue chips is a good strategy. So top 10 NFT projects like Board Ape Yacht Club. Okay. Cool Cats, V Friends, stuff like that. Board Ape just announced their metaverse and they just did a launch last week. They made $300 million in two hours, mainly profit as well. And they're integrating all these blue chip communities with their metaverse. So those are, in my opinion, good investments because they're going to have real utility in probably the biggest NFT metaverse in the world. So I like sticking with those if you're a safe investor. And um, in terms of launching your own projects, you need utility or it's not going to work. I see every, a lot of people failing with their launches these days. Art is not good enough to sell out a project. So you really got to study the top projects, which you could do off OpenSea. They'll sort them by volume. And okay. that's what I did when I launched. I studied the top 100 projects. I took notes. I was messaging the owners of these projects. I was messaging holders of the projects and just learning as much as I could. Because people try to go in and launch a project from the Web2 space. It's a lot different. These Web2 agencies are hitting me, people like me up and other 21-year-old kids to do their marketing because it's a totally different space. It's not like you could just run paid Facebook ads and sell out a project. And so like with the Web2, now with Web3, is kind of what you're talking about is that's where the interaction, is that what the Web3.0 is or the... Yeah, Web 3.0 is basically giving power to the community instead of the corporations. So um, it's a shift in power, which obviously a lot of Web 2 companies don't like. And that's why it's been a slow transition. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to slowly move over. And at Infinite World, we're sort of helping that process to make it a win-win for both the brand and the consumer. And with that, I mean, do you think when people are buying the NFTs, I mean, are they... Some of the stuff I was reading, like if you're not really in one of the initial, like a launch of an NFT, it's not, you know, in, you know, I'd say it's three or four months down the road, then you're less likely to be able to, I guess, profit on it, or you're going to have, you know, as good as amount of equity in it and stuff. Is that still pretty true? Or, or I mean, maybe that's not even true at all. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts um, with that? Yeah. So it's. It's definitely true in some situations, but also when you're minting a project, it could go to zero. So mm. you got to play both sides of it. Obviously, you'll lose the upside if you're buying it three, four months down the road. But at least you know at that point it has a track record and it most likely won't crash to zero. When you're minting, gotcha. which I've done a few times, and sometimes it's gone to zero and sometimes you know I've made a couple ETH or whatever. That's not really my game. My game is established projects I'll, I'll sort of buy at that point because the minting i mean i don't know it's like i've lost a bunch on those so i just don't do it anymore <laughs> and so so people understand what is like i guess what's the minting part i guess what is that so yeah when a project launches everyone gets assigned a random nft so you you have to spend ethereum or solana whatever network you're on to mint which is basically you're getting assigned a random nft from the collection and the cool part about minting is that you could get a super rare NFT and it could be worth a lot of money. Like this uh, 
this board ape land drop they just did if you minted a land that had a coda i think you already got a hundred thousand dollars uh right off oh, wow. the bat because they're they're that rare so i know a couple buddies that that had those and you know cost two ethereum the mint or whatever with the gas so they're up basically ninety five thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you're minting then they're kind of taking the person if i'm buying then I'm taking a chance on what I'm going to get from the initial uh, launch of it. Yeah, you're taking a chance and you're also sort of hoping that the owners will follow through on their roadmap and execute. So if you're minting projects, highly recommend looking into the team. Do they have past success with other business endeavors? And uh, look into the community, see what type of people are in the community. If there's a lot of flippers and people are just caring about making a profit, that's usually a red flag for me. Gotcha. Do you see uh, NFTs as, say, somebody's looking to diversify some of their investments? So, you know, obviously, maybe they're investing in crypto and stocks or real estate or whatever, maybe. Is NFT a good direction for somebody that's looking for that? Uh, it depends on your risk tolerance. It's very volatile, like board apes. I keep referencing them, but they uh, after the land sale, the price dropped by thirty percent. So if you can handle daily swings like that, then it's up to you, I'd say. But it's very volatile, as is cryptocurrency. So sure. I wouldn't recommend a large percent to most people because I don't know how many people can stomach swings like that. But uh, I probably put. Most of my, because I'm young, so I'm willing to take some risks. Most of my money in NFTs and crypto. Okay, no, that, that's it. That's interesting. What uh, I mean, something like you're like, uh, and re- I know you just recently sold your company, uh, your marketing agency, right? Yeah, NFT Gorillas. Cool. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You said this was your first exit, so it's always excited to hear uh, when <laughs> when people go through that. Yeah. Um, so I started it in, uh, I think October, November of last year, and we just, uh, successfully sold to infinite world last week or two weeks ago. And, um, basically we were providing marketing slash consulting for upcoming NFT projects, brands and IP couple creators and, uh, infinite world was looking for some help on the marketing side. Cause they have some really big clients. They're doing McLaren right now, their NFT drop, and they got oh, a bunch wow. more. So uh, they were just looking for some some good marketing partners, and it was just a good fit. I really love the team there. And um, they're basically a metaverse infrastructure company, so they're building all the assets for people, getting re- people, companies, brands, getting ready to enter the metaverse. That's cool. And then uh, did you um, stay on with them, or did you kind of just sell and walk away? Yeah, I stayed on. I probably wouldn't have wanted it otherwise because I really love what I do and I wouldn't want to not uh, be doing what I'm doing right now. So yeah, <laughs> I took, a, took a VP role of marketing. So I can't wait to uh, to work on some stuff we got going. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. That's, that's super cool. We just got a couple of minutes left. What's uh, something you're like, man, I hope Josh was going to ask me this or you know, just something that you really want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah. So like I said, NFT is very tricky space to navigate. So really align yourself with the right people. Be careful with celebrities dropping NFTs. A lot of them are cash grabs. There's only been a couple that have turned out well. So be very careful not to follow the hype. There's a lot of hype in this space. People are super hype one day and then just disappear from the project. It's called a rug pull. So you got to be careful of those. 
just stick with established entrepreneurs, teams, and you should be in good shape, in my opinion. Cool. And then you mentioned too, I know when we were kind of talking, um, OpenSea is kind of where like a lot of them, a lot of them sit and everything. Yeah. So OpenSea is the biggest NFT marketplace. I think they just added Solana NFTs and they started accepting ApeCoin as well. So they're always on top of it. And that's the one most people use. Cool. And then I saw Coinbase was launching some beta NFT thing too, weren't, weren't they? Yeah, they launched a beta. It didn't go that well. So hopefully they can figure out what happened before they launched the main one. But that's a big uh, platform. So yeah, that, that, that'd be huge. I, I remember seeing it and then I didn't hear, hear anything else after that. So that, that's yeah. probably why. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Sean, thanks for coming on Making Bank. Guys, I hope you guys are listening to what Sean was talking about today. If you've ever, you keep hearing that NFT word out there, Sean was able to dive in and kind of break it all down and give us some insights and some thoughts and different things that we can uh, take a look at if we're trying to figure out the NFT space. Go back, watch this again, listen to what he's talking about. Make sure you guys are taking notes, hearing what he has to say, and then start to kind of go out there and do the research like Sean did. He put a ton of time in, a ton of research to really figure this out, uh, find kind of some of the top key people that are uh, Gary Vee and uh, that are teaching and uh, training and providing free content on it. And then start looking at like OpenSea and some of the different ones uh, that house the NFTs and seeing what these top projects and everything are. So, uh, Sean, where can people uh, find you on social and everything? Uh, Sean Kelly 25 on Twitter and Sean Mike Kelly on Instagram. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for coming on Making Bank today. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. I am Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.